You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back to Veach Season. Guys, we are less than a month away from the draft and uh, things are heating up over here in the world of uh, Chiefs Kingdom. It seems like we're in a little bit of a lull right now, but that's when the old General Veach, you know, is just plotting his next moves and he's he's preparing to uh, shock the world once more with uh, something that's going to put all your hearts and minds at ease. Because I know a lot of you guys out there right now are uh, feeling a little uneasy about the state of... Uh, the wide receiver room um it's not done yet just i know we've said this before but it's not done yet guys and so hang in there we still got some time if things are going to continue to develop and evolve as we go forward um today on today's mock draft we're going to do a full first round mock draft for all 32 nfl teams and we're going to try to mock it out and see how close we can get to hitting a nail on the head on how this whole thing actually actually plays out over you know, here in Kansas City um, next month. And uh, to here to help us do that today, yo, we got the kingpin himself, Maurice Elston, in the house to talk NFL draft with us, bro. Hey, Maurice, I got one question for you, man. What up, so, what up? Like, were you growing up, was there ever a situation where, like, you were playing basketball or Madden or any sporting event, and some guy was like, yo, I'm him, but your initials were ME, so you're like, yeah, you might be him, but I'm me. And then you just like, I don't know, like drained a shot in his face or something like that. I wish I would have that scenario. I wish I'd have <laughs> thought of that myself. And now I'm going to use that and I'm not going to credit you, but I'm going to use it like I came up with it. <laughs> Word. I love that, man. I love that. How you doing today, brother? Man, I am great, man. I cannot complain. Awesome, dude. I'm so stoked to have you on the show. You are, right. you are, you know, top 2% of everybody out there in the game right now talking Chiefs football. And we're, we're, we're lucky to have you over at Arrowhead Pride, and we're even more lucky to have you on the show today. And then, as always, everybody, my partner my partner in crime, Price Carter, fresh back from the lake where he emptied the entire lake of every single fish in it today. I think that he caught like six Moby Dicks. If you go on his Twitter right now, and you will see the man damn near capsized his boat with all the fish he caught today. Well, well, don't say don't say every fish. The Missouri Department of Confer- Conservation would not like that. But I caught my daily right. li- I caught my daily limit. But yeah, it, it was great. Um, went down to down south, uh, Truman Lake, and. Did what we call spoonbilling down here and snagging. So dragging like hooks across the bottom of the lake and catching. But yeah, these are huge fish, man. They're like 70 pound fish. And it's got my, I'm cleaning, cleaned all my meat. I've taken like three showers today. My hands still smell like fish. So I mean, it's draft season, right? <laughs> what goes those things go together so well. So I'm, I'm very excited. We're talking about the mock draft and just kind of getting into it a little bit. The thing about these mock drafts is, and as someone who writes the mock draft Monday column, uh, let me tell you, there are no wrong mock drafts. 
I guess, I guess maybe a little bit, right? Like if you're taking like, all right, I'm taking Hunter Lupkicki from North Dakota State, 1-1, fullback. Like that might be wrong, but there are very few wrong mock drafts. They're all experiments, different things. So Maurice and I and Rocky, we're going to try to come through and do 31 picks and just kind of these two these scenarios, they never play out the same. So we're going to try to create a scenario that we could see where the Chiefs are and then kind of break down like, hey, this is a time if I'm the Chiefs, I'm thinking about moving up or, hey, this is a great thing for the Chiefs or, hey, that really stinks for the Chiefs. So we'll look through it through the Chiefs lens for sure. But here's one thing, though. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't take Hunter Lupecki one uh, one of the first round. But if that dude ends up being Kimball Anders, I mean, he might be worth a first round pick. He might be tailored. I believe we call this uh, the A.T. Perry question for Rocky. A.T. <laughs> right. Perry, baby. I, w- I would take him 1-1, but we're not picking first overall. All right, so uh, moving on. Before we get into the mock draft, before we you know start hashing things out and trying to figure out you know how this whole thing's going to play out, we're going to talk a little bit. The Chiefs have had some top 30 visits um, over the last couple of weeks, brought some players in. For those of you who don't know, every single offseason, the Chiefs get to have – 30 players in that they have into the facility on kind of an extended visit where they can show them game film, work them out a little bit, um, kind of talk to them. A lot of times you'll see uh, some of these guys are guys that either have medical red flags or personal contact red flags. Uh, Travis Kelsey, for instance, had a lot of top 30 visits coming out of college because he had a huge red flag because he missed a year for um, smoking weed and getting kicked off the team. Um and he has a funny story about how he grew up, you know, idolizing Ozzie Newsome because uh, he's he's a he's a he's a Cleveland boy, and Baltimore brought him in on a top thirty visit, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go meet Ozzie Newsome. I got I got him uh, I got his autograph poster on my wall. Everything's great." And he walks in the room, and Ozzie Newsome just looks at him and says, "Sit down," and he sits down, and he immediately plays seven clips in a row of personal fouls that he got in college (laughs) in a row. And he just looks at Travis Kelsey and goes, son, are you an (laughs) a-hole? And Kelsey was like, the the, the top 30 visit was basically over right after that. So a lot of these guys that come in on the top 30 visits, it's because the Chiefs want to kind of find out, like, is this dude going to be a good culture fit for us? Or, you know, or sometimes it's they want to see if, you know, if he knows ball or not. Um, And so some of the names that we've had so far that have come through are, Pitt defensive lineman Deslin Alexander, West Kentucky defensive lineman Broderick Martin, which is inter- interesting because the Chiefs also met with him at the Combine. Um, Stephen F. Austin, Edge, B.J. Thompson, Harvard linebacker Truman Jones, Iowa State Edge, Will McDonald, who a lot of people are mocking to the Chiefs at thirty at 31. Uh, Jarek Reed, safety out of New Mexico. Darnell Wright. Offensive tackle out of Tennessee, who our boy Caleb James just wrote up about this past week over at Arrowhead Pride. Check out that article because it is bomb and it is so insightful. Um, South Carolina standout, standout blue chip cornerback Cam Smith, uh, Western Kentucky Khalif Hilasi. Um, don't know a lot about him, but apparently we had a scout that really likes Western Kentucky boys this year. And then, of course, uh, SMU wide receiver Rashi Rice. Uh, Maurice, looking at these names. Any of these guys st- stand out to you that that you're excited about the, that the Chiefs brought in to talk to? Man, I, w- I was looking at some. I like um, Trevor Reed's kind of like not high on a lot of boards, but I mean, I, I I would say I look more towards the later rounds when the Chiefs might go their route. 
But I don't, I don't I like him because he's he like stout against the run. Like he'll be a good a good offensive tackle for the run aspects of things. I don't know how much he'll do in pass, but he definitely jumps off to me. Um, Roger Martin I think is to be like a good run stopper for like for the Chiefs if the Chiefs was to go that route. Um, I feel like we struggled in the middle a little bit from a defensive tackle standpoint against the run. So I feel like if the Chiefs wanted to go that route. I, that kind of jump all to me. I like having that visit in. I think some of these visits, like it's like a lot of lower round guys that they want to see like what they know um, and see if everything lines up with the field. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on Trevor Reed, man. The guy is so interesting because, you know, he gave up only 13 pressures this past year, but three of them ended up in sacks, unfortunately. But you look at his, at his, uh, his measurables, and he's 6'5", 297, 34.4 inch, uh, sorry, 34 and a half inch arms, nine and two eighth inch hands. His span is 84 and two eighth inch, inch inches. He ran the 40, a 4940, and the dude is 300 pounds and has a 38 inch vertical. Like, I don't know right. any offensive lineman that got a 38 inch vertical. So, like, even if he's just like a swing tackle that you want to bring in a mold, like, right. like dang, man, that, 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 that there's something to him there, I think. What do you think, Price? Well, you know, these picks, they're, these visits, they're a little unique. Sometimes they might not truly have any interest in the player, and it might be strategic to try to, like, make teams think that they're interested in this player or this position. One thing that I do like here is I, I like their approach in the sense of they're bringing in some top guys and they're bringing in some, you know, guys that they might be competing in the undrafted free agent market or in those later rounds. Because, you know, once we get to day three, a lot of those guys, you're, you're drafting players that you might not want to compete on the undrafted free agent market because some of those guys end up making more money than actual draft picks. So there's a bit of a bidding war that goes on. One thing that I really like here, too, is the Chiefs are being smart about the secondary, you know, they, a lot of people kind of flared up when they talked about bringing in Cam Smith, great player. If Cam Smith is on the board at pick 31, you really got to think about it. And it's reasonable to think that a good corner is going to fall in this draft because the market is really saturated. This is a strong corner draft. There's also a lot of QB needy teams. And then the teams are going to over-prioritize other key positions, such as offensive tackle, pass rusher, wide receiver. So we could kind of have the whole Trent McDuffie scenario again. And I know everyone's screaming Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. Corner play is extremely volatile. One of those guys could just be like awful this year. One of those guys could get hurt. You cannot have too many corners. And then, oh, by the way, let's say they do somehow get Cam Smith and he's really good. That gives you the ability to move on from Legereus Sneed if that's something you choose. Or you can keep Legereus Sneed. Same with uh, the safeties. Like I, I generally think that the safety uh, safety is pretty set after they uh, signed Dion Bush this uh, last weekend. But I, I just keep rolling the dice there at those positions and get value because the Chiefs have shown such a propensity to find value in the later rounds with those players. So whether it's at pick 31 and they get like a true blue chip, kind of like Trent McDuffie, or if they go down to the later rounds, keep rolling the dice with that position because that depth pays off. Like, look at what the Eagles have done with their offensive line. They always invest so heavily in it. They go draft Cam Jurgens after they have Landon Dickerson. And Jason Kelsey didn't end up retiring. But if he did, they had a player ready to go in there. Right. And like if Jurgen steps in and takes over for the guard who went to the Steelers, they're they're still up and ready to go. Or they're at pick 10. They can pick Skaronsky and plug him in and then kick him out for Lane Johnson or whatever. So, you know, the, just keep building depth in those places that you can never have enough depth. Well, and the whole thing, I think, with um, Cam Smith and a guy like that, too, is like with our seventh round with our seventh round cornerbacks from last year with Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. Yeah, they were great. 
but now there's an entire season of tape on them that that you know guys like Devontae Adams are watching and they might say okay well this guy goes to Jamie at the line of scrimmage and maybe he shifts a little bit too much on his on his inside shoulder so I can release I can release outside on him right you know or maybe this guy bites on the double move and maybe there wasn't time in the season with all the implementations and just the speed of the regular season for the for uh for opposing wide receivers and head coaches and offensive coordinators to look at that and then maybe now they expose that you know there's sophomore slumps for a reason in the nfl so maurice cornerback blue chip late round guys like are you are you interested you think the chiefs need to keep on taking swings in the secondary what, what's what's your opinion on that I think I mean you can never get a um have enough good corners. And and I, I agree with Price. Like when when you when you look at Washington Williams, they had some great season, but sophomore slumps can happen. They are there is no fourth and seven round picks for a reason. So while you hope they, they can sustain that that type of play, um if a if a top guy sitting there at 31, I say you go for it. Cause then you got you 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 solidify on, on some couple of lockdown corners for a few years. If you choose to keep luxurious and use his versatility, you can, but you can also let him go and have four corners basically on rookie contracts. Can't you can't you can't beat that either, right? So I I don't think I don't think they should be done at corner or safety, really. Uh, I think they should keep investing in some young, some young talent there and keep keep it moving. No, I agree with you a hundred percent there. And I think kind of the equivalency of cornerbacks and in, in the NFL. And baseball would be relief pitchers, right? Like they say, you can never have enough enough relief pitchers, right? Enough arms coming out of the bullpen. Then you can never have enough quality guys in the back end because it's a passing league, right? And your front four is if you're if you're counting on your front four to get home every single time, then you're gonna then 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 and and your secondary can't cover guys, then then you're gonna end up giving a lot of big plays up. Um, all right, so look at this list. Uh, Price, anybody else on the uh, top thirty visits that stand out to you? Well, we did highlight Broderick Martin, Eric Galco, who's uh, one of the heads of the East West Shrine Bowl. He described Broderick Martin as like 85% of Jordan Davis as far as a run stopper. And the cost is going to be like 10 to 15% of Jordan Davis as far as where he's going to be selected. So that's a really exciting name. Love hearing that. Um, Darnell Wright has the potential to be like the best tackle in this class. It just happens to be he's probably going to stay on the right side. Rasheed Rice was interesting. Um, I, I wrote up his visit for us on Airhead Pride, and it's interesting to see the reaction about him as a player. It, it feels like people are very split on him. I think there's a lot of reasons, and I truly I wrote, like Rasheed Rice is just a player who just really embodies this wide receiver class as a whole. There's reasons to buy in and get excited, and then there's reasons to kind of like pull back and have some caution. Um, with him, it's some of it's been the drops and then some of it's been just kind of like the advanced route tree and then straight line speed. He's not kind of a true vertical threat, but contested catches. He makes otherworldly catches. And then at times his run after the catch is elite. And then you do have a little bit of level of competition concerns with SMU, but also SMU has generated some really good wide receivers in the NFL. Emmanuel Sanders, um, Cole Beasley, they're both, you know, have had real success in the league. So yeah, I could see Rasheed Rice really playing a role here in round two, round three. That's a, that's a time that would make some sense. So maybe the Chiefs have something cooking there. So uh, you go for him. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about Rasheed Rice? Is his lack of separation a concern to you at all, Maurice? That the fact that he made so many contested catches that that it's because he doesn't have any separation. If it wasn't Andy Reid's offense, I would be more concerned. 
I think Andy Reid does such a good job of being able to scheme people open and, and get them open that I think his like his run after catch ability and make it where Andy will find a way to to get him open. But lack of separation ain't a big deal if you're gonna make the contested catches. That's how I look at it. Like if you can go, if you're a guy that can make the contested catches, so be it. It only matters if you can't win if you can't win the contested catches, in my opinion. Separation is relevant, right? Like it's like like separation only matters as much as as what you need to make the catch. Right. If you can make the catch with them all over you, hey, let's, you still find success. So I'm a rock with you. So uh, speaking of contested catch, right, really quick, I was uh, I was writing up At Perry for the site um, this past weekend, and the, the, there's one. I'll, I'll I'll be honest about my boy At Perry. If there's one part of his game that needs work it's a contested catch he only catches about 40 percent of contested catches and, it's, and a lot of that i think has to do with the fact that he only has a 35 inch vertical and a lot of contested catches are jump balls um while trying to find comparisons to that i looked i was looking at jamar chase and justin jefferson's 2019 contested catch rates jamar jefferson's was uh 50 point point 54.4%, which is significantly better than the 40% that A.T. Perry put up. But do you know what Justin Jefferson's contested catch rate was in 2019? 92.4%. Homeboy caught 12 out of 13 contested balls in the <laughs> for LSU in their championship season. That dude is otherworldly, just like alien, like, oh, my God. Like, like I like that's like – how did they draft Jalen Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson? I would have seen that one stat and I would have taken it as the first wide receiver in the draft right there. It's insane. Um, I think anyway. I think one thing too, to look at with those players is the offense and what they're asked to do. AT Paris Perry from Wake Forest, like the offensive scheme compared to LSU or, you know, we're talking about Rasheed Rice, like these offenses ask different things of players. Uh, Wake Forest is really heavy on the mesh and, and that can be tough to make evaluations on. Um, so different schools ask different things of their players and it kind of puts them in a different place. That's why, you know, some schools get reputations as developing wide receivers really well, like Ohio state, they run a pretty similar pro offense. So that's why they've had so much success and same with Alabama. Now, obviously you could say like, Hey, those are really good schools. So they have five-star recruits. So that's true too. But as far as like route runners and stuff, they, they ask for a little bit more of their players. So it, it can make it tough for sure. Yeah, 100%. And don't get me started on the slow mesh that Wake Forest runs. It's unwatchable. It makes me hate football when I watch it. I love A.T. Perry. I hate Wake Forest's offensive scheme. It is so aggravating on so many levels. But I digress. We're, we're getting off topic here. Let's move forward. It's time to jump into the mock draft. So we're going to start off here. First full, um, first full, first round mock draft. All 32 teams starting at 1-1 with the uh, – Carolina Panthers on the clock. All right, boys, let's get down and dirty. Obviously, they're taking a tight end, right? We're going uh, Shoemaker, number one, or, uh, or, or Michael Mayer. I want to make sure real quick, Maurice, you can see the screen well, correct? Yep. I'm, uh, okay, I'm good. On. I just want to make sure. All right, so how are we – first off, we're using PFF uh, for our mock draft simulator. The first and second round are not behind a paywall. If you want to play around with this, really recommend it. Um, Rocky, why don't you pick a number between 1 and 10, and Maurice and I will select our numbers, and we'll see who's right. All right, so, I got a number. All right, I'm going to guess number 3. And I'm going to guess number 5. It was 5.8. <laughs> so, uh, the most so Maurice, thing ever. 
Maurice, you uh, you what? You were closest. You're like point eight of a point off. So, so Maurice, do you want odds or evens? Uh, let's do evens. Okay, then I'll take the odd numbers, which means I'm the Carolina Panthers, and I'm on the clock. Uh, I have no interest in trading this pick. I, you know, made this pick. I traded for this pick. And I want to draft the highest floor player possible, which leads me to obviously quarterback. And we're going to be going with CJ Stroud. Not really a whole lot of explanation here as far as just he's the highest floor player, least likely to bust as far as a quarterback, in my opinion, especially given the great coaching staff that they have there. We're building offense around CJ Stroud. You are a Carolina Panther. Well, Texan. and also with uh, with CJ Stroud going to Carolina, I mean, this is the most no brainer of them all. Not necessarily because CJ Stroud is that much better than Bryce Young, which I think he is. But who's the court the quarterbacks coach at Carolina? Josh McCown. Josh McCown was working for the Draft Network in the offseason, breaking down game film, and he spent thirty minutes just gushing about CJ Stroud. He called CJ Stroud Joe Burrow. He said, "I see Joe Burrow when I watch CJ Stroud." Like, like you have a quarterback coach for the team that's sitting in the first overall pick calling this dude Joe Burrow, and, and they're going to take him. They're going to take him. They, 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 if anybody who says that's going to be Bryce Young, no. It's, 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 it's C.J. Stroud, 1-1, one, one, all day, every day. Josh McCown smoking on the Joe Burrow. Smoking, smoking on, on the, the Joe, Joe Burrow. Man, I, I love Silky P. I just got to throw that out there, guys. <laughs> like, like, I'm almost as big a fan of, of Mahomes Sr. as I am Mahomes Mahomes the second. Can't be mad at you for that. I am too. Oh man, I love it. All right, number two on the clock. You are the Houston I'm Texans Houston trying Texas. to bring them back. All right, you're All right. Demarco Ryan's and the uh, GM over there. So I'm 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 the Texan. Of course, I got to go quarterback here. They've been trying to find it since the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco. So you up this high? Here's your time to build to get a quarterback to build your team around. And I think you need an athletic guy here who can create and maneuver in the pocket and can't go wrong with Bryce Young, in my opinion. So I'm picking Bryce Young. He's going to be the franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans going forward. Would you consider Anthony Richardson there? I would. I would. But it's just so I, I, I just think Bryce Young is a winner. And I think you got that culture is needed in um in Houston. That you just need somebody that, that's a confident winner, and, and I'm, I'm 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 trusting Bryce Young in that. You know what would be my argument for Anthony Richardson? There, this is my argument for Anthony Richardson in general. Even if he's two years away, you're a football coach. Coach the guy up because you have never seen a lump of clay that has this much upside at the quarterback position in the history of football. There's never been a guy who's this big, this strong, this fast with this kind of an arm, and he's not stupid. He's young. He's 20 years old. Your brain doesn't stop developing until your mid-20s. And you know what part of your brain finishes developing in your mid-20s? Your, your prefrontal cortex, which is your decision-making and, and your ability to work under stress. This kid is still five years away from his body maturing into a full-grown adult. Like, like, you're a coach. Take the kid. Coach him up. And if you're good at your job, you could have – the greatest you could have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times on your hands. Like they're like the sky is the limit if you do your job right. That's that's me. That's my Anthony Richardson soapbox. I'll shut up now. Price, you're you're back on the clock, buddy. Okay. So this is where I, I'll need you guys to to be my moderator here just to make sure I'm not doing I'm not stealing from the cookie jar. But I'm wanting to make a trade with myself here. So the this the 
Arizona Cardinals are on the clock here. They don't want to make this pick. They need multitudes of picks and lots of players. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are on the phone and they want pick number three. Now, this is an inner division trade here, but the Cardinals, they're not close and the Seahawks are in a win now mode. So what I'm thinking here, um, if we can go one or two ways, we can go a pick swap of three and five and then pick number 37. So that's uh, Denver's second round pick. So a high second. And then we can throw in a little sweetener there that basically gets you there on the Jimmy Johnson chart, like pick 151, which is like a fourth or fifth round pick, I believe. Um, Do you think that this is possible? Do you think that this would happen? They're just moving down from three to five, the Cardinals. I think if you did five, three, and either one, I'd say 123. Okay. Yeah. Maurice, any objections from you? No, nah, no objections there. Okay. And and this is a win for Seattle, too, because they get to keep their other first-round pick. So you're getting to pick at pick three, and you still got pick 20. And right here, the, the Seattle Seahawks are going to run into selecting Anthony Richardson. This is a perfect landing spot for him. A litany of weapons, a great offensive scheme. Well, I wouldn't say a great offensive scheme, but a great coaching staff. They've got weapons around him. They're going to continue to invest with a lot of draft picks and he can sit for a year behind Geno Smith. I think this is ideal. Geno Smith is pretty affordable and Anthony Richardson might not see the field at all this year. And that's a okay. So they don't pick number yeah. three Richardson to the Seahawks. Yeah. And they don't need him to see the field this year and you're a hundred percent right Pete Carroll is a coach that's not afraid to coach up a guy he's not afraid of a challenge I mean he took Geno Smith and turned him into a pro bowler Geno Smith's career was deadened in the gutter right and he and he made Geno Smith a pro bowler Geno Smith also made Geno Smith a pro bowler but I feel like having being such a highly touted person who kind of washed out and had to fight and claw his way back to the top like Geno did and all credit to him for doing so I feel like that's the perfect, perfect person to mentor a guy like Anthony Richardson and take him under his wing. And I think that's a, a, a way better fit far as like, I feel like you you, you could take Richardson a, a pick ahead and go to the Texans. He's going to kind of be forced to play right now. I think that trade and going to Seattle where he can sit that year is it, it, perfect for him. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Indianapolis might be upset a little bit. Yes. considering who their head coach is. I think they're a little pissed off right now, but that's that's the name of the game, baby. Like, you should have traded up. All right. That means Maurice is on the clock with the Colts at pick four. And now, since the, since the Colts, is, they're, they're pissed, right? They, I think they was hoping Richardson was going to fall to him and be able to get the guy, which then that puts Richardson in the start now position as well. But the Colts still have to go get a quarterback. So I'm going – they have to go Will uh, Will right here. They got, is, it, is it Levi or Levis? I can't even remember how to. Levis. Levis. Yeah, I think he had. We going. We going. Will Levis here. They have to take a quarterback right here. The coast has been one and done with so many bad veterans at this point that they 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 got to take him now. Wow, making history. Never before have there been quarterbacks that go one, two, three, and four in the NFL draft. But here we are, right here on the uh, on the beach season mock draft. We we have done it. We have we have we have completely emptied out the entire quarterback bucket as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that this is possible just in the sense of NFL purgatory is dwindling more and more. There are very few teams that are comfortable and just sitting in mediocrity at the quarterback position. So teams are going to be more aggressive about trying to go get their franchise quarterback. Think of back a couple of years ago to the Arizona Cardinals. They traded up to draft um 
oh, what's his name? He was a Pac-12 quarterback. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, yeah. They, wow. they traded up for Josh Rosen, and then a year later, they select Kyler Murray. Uh, the turnaround time is very quick on these teams. So they're trying they're trying to flip the script as quickly as possible and find out if they have their player. So this is totally well, possible. Well, also, Chris Ballard's seat is getting extremely hot over there in uh, Indianapolis, and he may not have another another draft to wait around for another quarterback. And honestly, where the state of the Colts are right now, might as well draft Will Levis, throw in there, see if he can play, because if he's not good, you're going to be back in the same situation again next year and get to take another swing at it. For sure. Um, The Cardinals are on the clock now after uh, flipping picks with the Seahawks, and they're going to run in Will Anderson. This is the best, possibly the best player in this draft uh, without, you know, the quarterback tax. Uh, they get an awesome defender. Their pass rush has really been lacking. J.J. Watt retired. They get a blue-chip player to rebuild their roster with, and we got an extra high second-round pick. So this, I, I like the way this turned out for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Will Anderson, just as far as like skill-wise, Will Anderson's probably the best player in the draft. Like You could say Jalen Carter maybe, but like positional value aside, just flat-out just football player skill, Will Anderson's the first guy. He he's been a freak since the second he stepped on the field in Alabama. Like he's the best edge rusher I've seen since Miles Garrett. Yeah, you can't. I, th- I don't think you can go wrong there. I think going Will Anderson. I think the Cardinals are beyond the static if they're able to trade back, gain some draft picks, and still be able to bring home Anderson. Like <laughs> that, that that pick is going to go in so fast. As soon as they say the Cardinals is on the clock, they're going to come right out with that pick if, if, if he's sitting there for them. All right. So, uh, Detroit, you're on the clock. Uh, we're, we're, what are we What are we going to do over there? You know, Mr. Dan Campbell, Mr. Drag people out into the ocean and tread water until they drowned and and all the other great things that you're doing over there in Detroit. So, over in Detroit, I, th- I think they're going to keep trying to build this office and, and keep trying to go. I think they're going to go Jackson Smith. And I don't know how to say his last name, so I ain't going to butcher it, but I think Jackson Smith comes off the board right now, and they're going to go wide receiver. Wow, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, very pro-ready, runs great routes, uh, gives another, uh, you know, kind of uh, inside, outside kind of guy like um, Amon Ross St. Brown um, to go for Jared Goff as a target. Yeah, and I think, you know, Jared Goff is a quarterback who he he needs elevators, people who kind of – bump him up as talent goes and they've done a great job. Ben Johnson's a fantastic offensive coordinator. Um, They've continued to stock the cupboard. They've got two first round picks here. There will be a player like this that will go much sooner than we expect. And in Jigba, you know, at one point people were talking about him being French first round and yeah, this could happen inside the top 10. Absolutely possible. All it takes is one team. Uh, The Raiders are now on the clock at pick seven. Uh, Yeah. And, and price. Uh, this survey knows we're drafting this based on what we would do. Not stupid decision that the Raiders are going to make. Like, let's face (laughs) it. Price is going to make a better pick here than anything, anything dumb that the Las Vegas faders are ever going to do in their entire life. Like they're going to like, they're going to just go out there and just try to, they're going to draft a guard or something. (laughs) Believe me, Brian Brzee is on the board. And I mean, we could just do the whole thing again. Like, you know, we could do the Cleon Farrell thing all over again. Um, But I'm not going to do that. And here, you know, Jalen Carter is the name that a lot of people are going to be saying right now. And yes, the Raiders definitely could use a player like Jalen Carter. However, I think the aesthetics or everything that happened with Henry Ruggs, 
this, the stuff that's kind of floating around Jalen Carter, Las Vegas, some character questions. I don't think the Raiders make that same mistake. Now, you know, insert punchline here about the Raiders. So I'm going to take Tyree Wilson here. I think this is probably, you know, a, a very traitsy edge rusher. Put him across from Max Crosby. That That's a really great developmental player. They're both really lanky, terrific athletes. Chandler Jones's contract is an albatross. They didn't get much out of him. You start having a great pass rush, it makes it way easier to rebuild that secondary because if the quarterback's only got two seconds to throw, it's really easy to cover. So, Tyree Wilson, you are a Las Vegas Raider. I love it. It's where guys with traits go to never develop. So uh, this is this will uh, turn into a two and a half sack a season guy very very quickly. All right, uh, enough salt out of me. I know you. A little bit more. I I just I hate the Raiders, and so I hope that they make bad picks every single time until the end of time. All right, moving on. Sorry, Atlanta Falcons. You're on the board. All right, Arthur Smith. What do you need to take your team to the next level? I think at this point, to take the team to the next level, they still need some wide receivers over there. Like I, I, I really still think that they, 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 you know, Ridley's finally off suspension, but we know they made the trade away for him to the Jaguars last year, and you got this young quarterback. You got to put some weapons around him. Uh, so I'm going to go Quentin Johnston in here. I think he goes off the board here. But you know, a, a, a lot of good things to him. I actually just wrote about him, um, and I think it dropped. Yeah, I just released something on him. So. A lot of good things I think that that can make him go high. It's a lot of good things I think a lot of um, question marks that can make him fall. So, um, but I, I do think he'll be beneficial to to a team like the Falcons right now, where he, good, great after the catch, good in the open field, decent decent speed. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go Quentin Johnston here. Well, and he kind of fits that uh, big bodied wide receiver mold that Arthur Smith likes a lot in his offense. Um, and so doesn't quite have the athleticism as some of the other guys he's had, you know, like AJ Brown, but AJ Brown is a monster and a, right. and a bit of a unicorn. Uh, but he has pairing him with Kyle Pitts, I think is a, is a great move. Um, my only question would be why not Jalen Carter? Because I do know that in the past, they, they've said that they like to select players who are from the state of Georgia, who played football in the state of Georgia. Is it just the, the red flags you think that are keeping them, keeping them from. Yeah. I think the red flags for him is going to make him fall um, a a little bit outside the top 10, maybe right around 10, but I think, I think he falls. All right. Fair enough. And, and that's a good point, right? Athens is fairly, I don't don't know. Maybe it's a hundred miles. Maybe it's a thousand miles away from uh, Atlanta. I'm going to take a shot and say it's not a thousand miles, but sometimes players like that, they need to get away from home. So that that's good points on both sides. Like uh, the Falcons have had a history of really overdrafting players from Georgia or preferring it, but it might be best for him to kind of get outside of home here, but we will go ahead and select Jalen Carter as the Chicago bears here. Uh, GM of the bears, Ryan Poles, former Kansas city chief, admin um they're very familiar with kind of taking character risk with players um there's no real smoke here as far as character concerns yes there is the the speeding issue and the arrest warrant that was out for him obviously it's a misdemeanor there's some like other character questions but there's nothing like tyree kill level or 
um, some of the other things that the Chiefs have brought in in the past when Ryan Poles was here. So I think the the Bears are ecstatic. You know, they traded out of pick one. Jalen Carter was an option for them at pick one. They're sitting here at pick nine, and they're getting a blue chip player for their pass rush, which their defensive line, especially their edge players, might be one of the worst units in the NFL. So Bears are extremely happy to turn in Jalen Carter's name here. I mean, if you get the best player at any position in the draft and you're the Bears, then you're ecstatic because you say that their defensive line is one of the worst in the league. Insert position name, and you could say it's one of the and it's the Bears. It could be one of the worst in the league. Worst offensive lines, worst tight end groups, worst wide receiver groups. It doesn't matter. Like they just they need a lot of help. And getting the getting the stud like Jalen Carter at nine is is a steal. Yeah, and I, I think it's a steal at nine. And I mean, hopefully you see what you see with like a, a lot of people that, you know, have some trouble backgrounds. Hopefully he goes up there with a chip on his shoulder that he failed so far, knowing he probably should have been drafted higher and just goes up there and, and be a monster. And, and where, where, where better place to try to be bring a defense back to life than, than Chicago? 100%, 100%. Okay, so now we have the uh, Super Bowl <sighs> running up uh, losers to the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. On the clock at number 10. All right. Where, where are you going, Sirianni? What are you doing with this? What are you doing, Howie Roseman? All right. Part of your best Howie Roseman. Speak so bad. But because I think they will. I just don't know. Make an where offer. They, Make an I offer. Know, I don't know where they would go right now. I really see them trading back, but I don't know who's going to trade, who's going to trade up the 10 right now. So because I don't know that, I'm going to stay here. Takes two to I, tango, right? Takes two to tango. Yeah, takes yeah two to tango. I, I, I'm looking at my teams and I just, the way the positions have felt so, and this is a good kind of pause point for the Chiefs as well. We've got two wide receivers off the board in the in the top 10. This is a really bad situation for the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going from 31 to 10 to go get their tackle. We have no tackles off the board. Um, the Eagles could potentially be a, a tackle team. But right here, right after the Eagles, we get a nice pivot point of tackle needy teams. You've got the Titans. I don't think the Texans possibly could need a right tackle. You've got the Jets. The Patriots, all those teams could definitely use a tackle. So is there's a tackle needy team. We we like in mock drafts to make like big jump ups, but like let's say like what if the Jets what if the, yeah, you know, what if the Jets trade with the Eagles to try to go get tackle number one, a slight move down? That's a great idea. Let's see what it takes to make that trade happen. Let's go okay. Eagles to, to Jets. Okay. So Jets and Eagles are gonna be trading here. So the Jets have pick number 13. Eagle have it. So we're just doing a pick swap there. Um, so honestly, I think given the amount of picks that Philadelphia has, I feel like the Jets have two second round picks from the Elijah Moore move. So this is where, you know, we're pretending that the Aaron Rodgers thing, it's not happened yet. We can't confirm he may retire. Who knows with him, right? So I'm going to offer our first and our second for pick number 10. So we still have another second round pick if you're the New York Jets. You guys are just moving down a couple of spots. What do you think, Rocky? Hey, yo, don't talk to me. I'm not Howie Roseman. You're dealing <laughs> with Maurice here, baby. Uh, I, I, I think that it might take a little bit more. I think the Eagles might ask for like maybe that two that that one forty three or that two oh seven. I just think that they will. We can throw let's in see our... if it goes through. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's see. Well, let's this see is a, yeah. These are a little tricky since we're like kind of like doing all the picks, so it doesn't have a like interest level on the picks. So it's going to go through because I'm trading essentially trading with myself, right? But oh, um, I, I think you know I think that that's reasonable here. They've um more or less got them where they want. Uh, they're moving up here. 
in in the first round and they know that they're bidding against other teams like the Titans, like the Texans. So I, I think that's fine. 143. So we've got 13, 42, and 143 for pick number 10. Uh Maurice, you good with that? Yep. Oh, okay, there we go. The um oh. oh, it says it's not accepted. Oh, they, they're saying, yeah, they're saying they're not interested in this pick. They, they do that. Okay. So Jets are on the clock and we get to pick uh tackle number one here. Uh, yep. I think that that's likely where they would go in this pick. Makai Becton is still just a major question mark. Um, they really kind of have about one good offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Trucker, and he's had some injury issues the past year. So here the Jets are very excited to turn in Paris Johnson Jr. as the best tackle on the board. They have a new bookend to keep Aaron Rodgers clean. And that now means that I get back-to-back picks as uh, the odd numbers. So uh, Tennessee Titans, they were hoping to get Paris Johnson Jr. But I think this actually works pretty good for the Titans. They're going to go with Peter Skaronsky. They need tons of offensive line help everywhere. Skaronsky, if he works at tackle, great. If he doesn't, he's probably the highest floor offensive lineman in this draft. They can kick him inside. So the Tennessee Titans taking Peter Skaronsky at pick 11. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think that those are two no-brainers back-to-back there. And And we've got to run on tackles. Yeah, now we've run on tackles. This is not shaping up well for Kansas City at all. But uh, we'll see how the rest of it plays out. All right, well, all right. uh, All right, Houston, you're back on the clock again. Where where are you going? Houston, so so back on the clock. I think we're going to jump defense this time. And I think we're going to go on the outside on the defense and try to shore up the secondary. So I'm going to go right up top and take Devon with the spoon. Add them to the Texans, get you get you a top corner there, um, and hopefully lock down one side of the field. Yeah, and you've got a great pairing there with Derek Stingley, right? You're starting to build it. D'Amico Ryan's that's a, that that makes a lot of sense. And then that you know you've got Devin Witherspoon and your Bryce Young as your tandem for picking that high. That that you come away feeling like you've got two blue chip players right there. So I, I think the Texans would be elated with that opportunity. Man, that is a lot of talent in that young secondary. Right there, especially on the outside of corner. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of that pick. I think that's I think that's a great one. You know, whether or not you go Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez there, it's an either or. It's just it's really just you like chocolate ice cream or you know, Rocky Road or cookies and cream, whatever flavor ice cream you like. But uh, and you actually have three picks in a row here, Maurice, since the Eagles traded down. So that's actually your original pick. So you've okay. got Texans, Eagles, and Pats. I think Eagles go, I think we're gonna go defensive line here. Kalias, you can see. I think uh, they got they, they kind of aging on the inside of the defensive line with the Eagles. You know, you might get Fletcher Cox 
for this probably one more year before he retires. So I think they try to bring bring in a defensive lineman there. So I'm gonna go Kansas. Well, and I think that the important thing about anywhere Kalijah Kansi goes, it has to be a team that has a requisite size at its other positions, right? Like you have to have big enough guys that can eat up eat up blocks to allow Kansi to 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 attack one on one and be able to do what he does best. And the Eagles, unfortunately, like the Chiefs, are one of the few teams that have that, you know, in spades. And so, yeah, that's a great pick for them. There's, it makes me mad because that's they're just going to be really good again. <laughs> they are. So I'm on the clock again, right? With with, with, yep. with the Patriots. All right. Um, I think we're going to go edge here. We're going to go Lucas Van Ness and, and and get some get some pressure on the edge here. Iowa State, you know, I mean Iowa, I mean, and, and of course, like this, the the, the the Bill Belichick's. He just likes those kind of guys. I, I really feel like this fits his his mode of what he what he wants there. So yeah, we're going to go Lucas Van Ness. Was there ever a more Bill Belichick type player than Lucas Van Ness? Yeah, he, like, 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 like this is it. <laughs> like the like. One. Like like Bill Belichick in the uh, in his in his in the off season um, sells his yacht in Martha's Vineyard, and like, like if you heard that he was selling his yacht with the Van Nesses in Martha's Vineyard, like it it just it just sounds like like him and his like him and his father grew up together or something. Absolutely. All right. So pick fifteen. I've got the Packers. Packers were a team that I targeted to potentially move up a little bit uh, for a wide receiver, uh, assuming that this is the beginning of the Jordan Love era. They definitely need to surround him with as many weapons. That's a very depleted wide receiver core. You feel good about Christian Watson, but not a whole lot else. However, wide receivers already been a little ransacked. I, I don't think they are a tools and traits and size type of team when it comes to wide receiver. So I don't think this is Jordan Addison. I don't think this is a flowers. Um, this has been a pretty, I, I was actually going to take Van S if he was still here because he just screams green Bay Packer to me. Um, but here I'm thinking a pass catcher and I'm thinking either Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer. Uh, Michael Mayer seems to probably fit what's going to be a more ground and pound um, offense versus Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's more of a push and pester tight end. So I think we get uh, a young quarterback's best friend and a tight end. We're going Michael Mayer tight end out of Notre Dame to Green Bay. You, you know, just looking at the way this board is falling, it we talked about the Chiefs taking a blue chip cornerback if he's there at 31. I mean – you look at the position that still has a lot of blue chips oh, yeah. on the board. Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks. Those three right there are rock solid plug-in day one lockdown cornerbacks for any team in the league. And so we're going to see how this continues to progress, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go defensive back here, boys. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. All right, Let's so Washington. So commanders are on the clock. And man, they need so much up there, in my opinion. But I think I think up, up their defense is going to have to carry them. And I think if Gonzalez is sitting here at sixteen, you have no choice but to take him. So I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez to, to the Commanders. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a physical freak. Like he's a guy who's going to line up press man coverage on the outside and just bully and just give a wide receiver nightmares all day long. All right. So we got, uh, you know, I got a soft spot in my heart for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I hope that they get a good player here, but Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. 
Uh, Steelers are going to do the thing that everyone has them doing, and that's going to be selecting Joey Porter Jr. Um, all the nostalgia there. Corner makes a ton of sense for him here. Um, they definitely need help there, and this is, you know, put him in the secondary with their great safety play that they already have, uh, really pointing the arrow up. I kind of considered maybe tight end for them as well, since they don't really have an established tight end, and they do have a young quarterback. I don't really see a lot of people mocking tight end to the Steelers. However, I just I don't know if there's a player that they're going to really like now that mirrors off the board because I do think they still are a little run heavy offense. So I'm going to do Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State to the Steelers. Well, he's a legacy too, right? Like his dad oh, was yeah. a legend there. So I mean, you know, like father, like son, and and it's not like it's and like Joey Porter Jr. at 17 is a great value, and his dad played in Pittsburgh. I mean, right. it makes too much sense for him not to get picked. All right, number 18, Dan Campbell. All right, let's see what you I, got, man, Mister Metallica. Let's see what, what you got. I, I I think now with him falling, I am going to look at Kincaid. Think they're going to keep trying to put some weapons around Jared Goff and and, and get him uh, like 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 Price said, a quarterback's best friend. So I'm gonna go Dalton Kincaid right here for the Lions. I mean, tight ends definitely a need for them. Um, you know, they, they moved on from TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. um, and they didn't have a whole lot of production at a tight end last year. So it, it makes a lot of sense for them to go with this move here. All right. So as a guy who lives in Tampa and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on the clock, the post Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm asking you price to please draft a bust. So, um, this this is a, a pretty prime trade-up spot if you are the Kansas City Chiefs. Reason being, pretty much every team that comes after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19, a team that is hardcore in transition, the Seahawks have already had a first-round pick. Everyone after here starts becoming immediate contender competition um, for the Chiefs as far as like their teams that they're going to have a chance of seeing in the playoffs and also going to be teams that they want to leapfrog for them. And they also have a lot of the same needs. The Ravens have wide receiver need. The Vikings have wide receiver need. The Giants have wide receiver need. The you know it, there's a lot of the similar needs. So this is a place that we don't necessarily have to make a trade for the Chiefs. I kind of would like to play it out for that pick, but this is a place that I see 1920 and then maybe 23. The Vikings, Quesi Adolfo Mensa, GM of the Vikings, has been very analytically savvy and just really likes to favor the trade down. Given the state of that defense, they could probably use the extra picks. Um, but I'm actually going to use the pick here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that they're thrilled to put Broderick Jones on the left end here, keep their great right tackle on the right side. Um, Donovan Smith's moved on. So they've got their tackle shirt up. They've got a great center. Um, that's going to you know help Baker Mayfield. I think ultimately what the what the Bucks are wanting to do here is just kind of rebuild through the draft and make themselves an, another appealing quarterback location for either a young quarterback or maybe a veteran. I told you to draft him a bus, not not Broderick Jones. <laughs> I'm Gosh sorry. Draft Gosh good players. It, draft good players is my I, mantra. When you were talking about Chiefs trade up and I saw Broderick Jones on the screen here in front of us, I said, oh, we're going to trade up for Broderick Jones. I was going to be really happy. No, instead you gave him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, oh, okay. Well, you're on the clock, Seattle. Seattle is on the clock. Here, I think I think Seattle, of course, they I, I think they need some offensive line. Um, I think that's a big need for them. Um, the, the more time Geno Smith has, 
the more time, um, <laughs> the, 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 the better he is. And I think they 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 looking towards they got they got Richardson earlier, right? So you got you got to prepare to try to protect your quarterback. I am going to go tackle and go get Ant- Anton Harrison there. Really, with Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me see. Let me let me look back at my screen here. You still got John Michael Schmitz, who's a stud center, and Osiris Torrance from Florida. I, really yeah, like, man, like when I go first round, I'll be like, man, interior line. Uh... What about what about this? Just looking at the board, looking at what they need. You've still got a pretty good – I mean, I know that Tariq Woolen's done well for them. Um, I, I think that that pass rush can definitely use some help here. I think there's some That's guys here that – could you no. I, I I think I'm just thinking along the lines of wanting them like wanting to protect that 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 quarterback so much. Yeah, and the and the Seahawks have struggled forever with, with the offensive line, right? right. So it, it's weird that they just you know hit two tackles in one draft class, which is just unheard of. But part of the reason why they've had a resurgence so quickly. But yeah, pass, gotta, pass rush does jump off the board. Like they need. You got Nold Smith, Miles Murphy. You know, Miles Murphy feels to, to me like a guy that, that I think Harris, that, you know, they, I think they might be able to find tackle help on Harrison's level second round, maybe, right? So let's go Nolan Smith. Okay. Nolan Smith, they get the speed off the edge, a very different player from what they have. Um, I am now on the clock. I am the Los Angeles Chargers, which means I'm gonna forget to cover Travis Kelsey. And I am going to do something that makes my opponents scared. And I think I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to draft Bijan Robinson. I, I'm tempted by Zay Flowers. I really am. I'm tempted by Jordan Addison here. But I think this is a strong offensive line. They've they've got great pieces around this offensive line. They're pretty much locked into the wide receivers where they're going to be. You know, they're going to be here. I think Mike Williams is at least going to be there two more years, and this is might be Keenan Allen's last year. I'm tinted by some of the uh, potential tight ends as well. But I, I just think, like, this is an offense. This gives them the ability to move on from Austin Eckler. Bijan Robinson completely, like, no one is afraid of Austin Eckler getting the ball. Yes, he scores a lot of touchdowns. Yes, he's a fantasy football darling. But Bijan Robinson makes a play-action game so much more volatile for or so much more dynamic with Justin Herbert and think back to Kellen Moore who's the offensive coordinator now for the Chargers when was that offense running best when it had star running back like Ezekiel Elliott was so Bijan Robinson is going to the Los Angeles Chargers I thought you were going to say Zay Flowers you know I I, I, I really thought about Zay Flowers. I really thought about it but I just I feel like you can if you're the Chargers like the best player on the board right there it might be Bijan. It honestly probably is. They've got a strength of, on their offensive line with Zion Johnson, uh, Corey Lindsley at the center position. And I feel like they can probably get some of what Zay Flowers are going to provide in the next round. But I definitely think wide receiver is a big need for them as well. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue Bijan. He's he's a stud. He's a stud. I don't care about positional value. He's, he's a generational talent. All right, Baltimore, you're on the clock. What are you Zay doing? Zay Flowers. So, I think <laughs> Zay Flowers tend to pick in, get it right there. Now we Baltimore needs wide receiver help. Probably one of the top teams that need a wide receiver. Um, Zay Flowers there, I think he'll be good. I mean, all all signs point to Lamar Jackson still being there, right? So I, I, I think Zay Flowers would be a great pick for him. I mean, Demarcus Robinson was their leading receiver last year. That's all you need to know. Rashad Bateman's a good player, but he can't stay on the field. 
And anytime Demarcus Robinson, a guy who got released by the, who got who was not retained by the Chiefs and then was cut by the Raiders, is your leading wide receiver. There's a problem. That's all you, uh, there's a problem. All right, on the clock, Minnesota Vikings at number twenty three. I'm the Vikings and I'm probably looking to get out of this pick here. Um, I, I, you know, I think that they could use Jordan Addison possibly, but I'm not necessarily sure that's the type of wide receiver that they want opposite of Justin Jefferson. Um, They, they could trade out of this pick, but I I think Deontay Banks is a name that makes some sense for them at corner. I also think that they really need some pass rush help as well. Um, This is a tough one. I'm really just not sure where to go. So I, I think in this instance, I'm going to just go with true best player available and a secondary that needs a lot of help. And I think the Vikings are very happy to have Brian Branch be in their secondary. I think he's the best player available, like I said, can play in the slot. Like their needs for secondary are just yes, all of all of the needs. They have all the needs. So we're getting a good player that is a starter level there. We don't end up trading out of the pick Brian Branch. Yeah, we're getting to that point in the draft where there's not a lot of players that separate themselves that much from what's left on the board. And Brian Branch is one of the few remaining players that that, that stands out head and, head and tails above what else some of the other guys that were on the board. So I think I think that's a safe and smart pick. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock at number 24. Where are you going, Dougie P? What you doing? Dougie P realized that the Jaguar was one of the worst pass defenses in the league last year. And they got to somehow figure out a way to stop the pass. Um, give their give their rush a little bit more time to get there. So I'm going to go Deontay Banks. I think he um I think they definitely need corner to um to, to help show up that thing. definitely because Griffin may be a cap casualty at some point where they're gonna have to move on from him. So I think Banks would be would be a good young corner for him. I think Deontay Banks might be my favorite cornerback in this draft. Honestly, I think the guy's just gonna be a stud. So. Um, Jacksonville gets banks, and I think that they got their next Jalen Ramsey type of player in him. Uh, number 25, New York Giants. All right, what are we going to do to help out Danny Dimes? Yeah, I, I think you said the right thing right there as far as what are we going to do to help Daniel Jones. And I, I think this one makes a little too much sense. I know that the Giants have done a pretty good job of bringing back some of the wide receivers that were planning on leaving, like Darius Slayton. Um, but I think Jordan Addison makes a lot of sense here. Uh, they, they're they looking for a player with higher upside. I know that they – well, but now I think back, a lot of the wide receivers they brought in were like slot-heavy guys. And I'm just not – I don't know. What do you think, Rocky? Do you think Addison makes sense for them, or do you think he's a little too redundant? You know, I think he's a lot like, like Slayton and those other guys a little bit, to be honest. Um you know, they could go, it's a little high, but they could go, I think a guy like Cedric Tillman could make sense, but that's a little high, high price for him in the first yeah. round. I wondered about Hyatt as well here, um, as far as just a, a vertical stretch. But you know what, I, I think that they're going to be happy here, turning in probably the best interior offensive lineman. Uh, this one makes a lot of sense. We saw the Chargers go uh, Zion Johnson around this time last year. So we're going to our first interior offensive lineman with Os- Osiris Torrance from Florida. So he's going to be going to the New York giants. Hopefully that will help elevate the play of Evan Neal, who kind of struggled in his first year. And then you've got the left side lockdown with Austin Jackson. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great selection. Um, John Michael Schmidt would only be the only other possibility there, I think. Um, and that's really just your preference on who you, who you like better as a player. 
Um, I think that Jerry is really mad. I don't know. At Andrew this, Thomas. At this. I'm, I'm sorry. I said the wrong name. Andrew Thomas is their left tackle. My fault. I said oh, something yeah. else. Um, I think that Jerry's really, really upset at, at sitting there at number 26 with the Dallas Cowboys at the at the Chargers for taking Bijan because I think that Jerry really wanted Bijan here. Um, and now that Bijan's gone, who knows? What is he going to do? What's a mad, angry, old riverboat gambler like Jerry Jones going to do here, Maurice? Jordan Addison, like he he's going to look try to see like he's giving weapons to his quarterback. Uh, needs another short young receiver there. So yeah, I think Addison definitely is is a as a Jerry Jones pick. This this seems like he's trying to score here. So yeah, you know Jordan Addison's that guy that where nothing he does is amazing, but everything he does is well. Right, like he's like yeah. like he's a just a solid guy who who does everything well. And you put all those pieces together, and it's a productive football player. Yeah, like a solid number two receiver. I think he'll be yeah, something like that. Not having to be the, the guy, but does enough to be a solid number two guy. Well, yeah, they don't need another CD Lamb. They need a guy right. who can take attention away from CD Lamb, so that CD Lamb can be CD Lamb. Yeah. Um, all right, so all right, up there in Buffalo, in the frozen tundra of northern New York, what are we going to do at pick number twenty-seven, Price? Well, this this is a pick that confounds me a little bit here. Everyone just acts like the the biggest need for the Bills is maybe another weapon for Josh Allen. Some some people think potentially secondary interior offensive line, but one thing that I never hear anyone talk about is the pass rush for the Bills. And that's something I understand that they signed Von Miller. Von Miller's not coming back until late this year. And also he's had two ACL tears and is like 34 years old. I, I feel like the Bills here, Ed Oliver's in his walk year. They're not getting, they, they just kind of have this cornucopia of like second round picks who don't produce. And what was the one thing that people were talking about after that um, Bengals Bills game in the playoffs? It was how the bit, bit, uh, Bengals offensive line just totally dominated the Bills defensive line. I think defensive line is a definite need for this team. And I'm kind of liking some of the players that I'm seeing here for, for the Bills at defensive line. I think the value is too good. I'm going to take Miles Murphy from Clemson. I feel like the Bills just need to really upgrade that pass rush. And, yes, you will get Von Miller back. And maybe Miles Murphy, Ed Oliver, some of the other rotational players they have on top of Von Miller is, is a really great upgrade to their pass rush. I think that, that Miles Murphy at 27 is great value. And we know that Buffalo likes their big edges. And he's 6'5", 268, right? Like, he's got the size that Buffalo likes to likes to trot out there. So, yeah, man, I think it's a great pick. Um, all right, Maurice, you get the honors of uh, drafting right. for, the devil, for the Devils themselves, the Houday Nation, the Joe, uh, the Joe Burrows, them smoking the Joe Burrows. Joe Burrow. I am going to prop – they need they 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 need help. They, like you, you got to face the Bills, you got to face the Kansas City Chiefs. You know you're going to see them. So I'm going to go on Manuel Forbes. Uh, I, I think they got to go corner here. They try to help to get some more stuff on the outside. So I'm going to go cornerback and go on Manuel Forbes. All right, makes some right. sense. They've got you know Cam Taylor Britt there. Uh, Awuzie is coming off the I think it was Achilles tear, but yeah, the secondary is definitely going to still need to continue to be built up. Yeah, hundred percent. They um, they're in a bit of a transition year. I feel like with their secondary a little bit, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a solid pick. There. That's a solid player, and he'll do he'll do well uh, working uh, for Lou and Um All right, so number twenty nine on the clock. Uh, we're going down to the Mardi Gras Nation in New Orleans. Nolens Price Carter. Who you 
Who are you choosing for 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 the for the Nolan Saints? The Saints are actually a pretty interesting draft team. They they somehow don't have huge glaring needs anywhere. They just kind of have a lot of medium needs. I'm I'm thinking pass rush here, but I'm also thinking like, do we try to get Derek Carr another weapon? You just don't know what you get in Michael Thomas. You you just can't count on anything from him. Yes, Chris Olave looked good. Yes, um, Alvin Kamara is there, but other than that, there's there's not a whole lot there as far as off offensive weapon goes. So. Still got Josh Downs. Still got Jalen Hyatt there. Um, this, this one's tough. I, I've even thought about going defensive interior. Like I'm sure that they would love a guy like Mazzy Smith or Brian Brzez is still on the board. But I, I'm just going to lean like they're going to continue to invest in the offense. They feel like they can coach up the defense if they've got the defensive staff here. So I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt here. Uh, he's a guy that I think is going to go a little bit higher than we might expect. And – I think that they want a field stretcher for Derek Carr to underthrow. So Jalen Hyatt is going down to the Big Easy. I think that you put Jalen Hyatt in a dome where he gets to run on turf and, and in a controlled climate, and the guy's just gonna like just blaze holes in the in the turf back and forth um, on the field. And I think you're absolutely right. Derek Carr is gonna underthrow him. He's gonna run sixty yards, and Derek Carr is gonna throw it forty five every single time. And I I can't wait to watch it. Because I'm petty, and I hope that Derek Hart plays bad in New Orleans. <laughs> All right, back to the uh, to the Super Bowl runners up with their next first round draft pick. Don't you kind of hate it when the team that you barely beat in the Super Bowl has two first round draft picks? Smart organization, man. Smart work. Smart. Yeah. All right. So uh, Howie Roseman, you're back on the clock. What you gonna do, man? So I think here I'm 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 a jump. I'm a, I I am going to jump. I, I'll admit that before I say, it, but I'm going to jump. I think they're just all about trying to get some weapons, trying to put people around Jalen Hurts and give some some more offensive firepower. I'm going to go Gibbs here from Alabama, and feel like they'll take a chance at moving up and, and getting the dynamic running back to pair there. I think they would have wanted you know Robinson, but since he's gone, it didn't fall. I'm going to go Gibbs. The guy's a dynamic offensive weapon, that's for sure. Um, he, he puts up highlights on tape. I mean, every single game. So, all right. Long awaited pick Kansas city chiefs on the clock in, in Kansas city, you know, at union station pressures on you price crowds of thousands and thousands of screaming fans have been waiting all day for this pick price Carter. Does Brett Veach trade out of the first round here? <laughs> Uh, it, it's tough. Like it's tough. Actually, I think as far as we're talking scenarios here, wide receiver, it it didn't go great for the Chiefs. We've gotten, I believe we have, yeah, we've got five wide receivers off the board here. But tackle has played out very nicely, and edge has played out fairly nicely for the Chiefs as well. Here are the names that I'm thinking. Feel free to give me some input. I feel best player available on the draft board for the Chiefs needs right now is Darnell Wright. I think the more logical slotting might be Anton Harrison as far as like, you know, you would keep Joan Taylor probably on the left side and Darnell Wright's on the right side. Anton Harrison could go to left and then we could keep Juwan Taylor at the right side. Um, I'm staying away from Dewan Jones. That feels exactly like bringing in Orlando Brown and just putting him at right tackle, which I know we think Orlando, ta- Orlando Brown would be a better right tackle, but I, I just think they want to get away from these huge, big offensive linemen at the uh, tackle positions. Um, kind of thinking more back to your Mitch Schwartz and Eric Fisher era. Um, wide receivers pretty scavenged under. I don't really, you know, 
Josh Downs is there, and then it's the big drop off where like, you're talking Tank Dell, Michael Wilson, A.T. Perry. Um, How dare you say that <laughs> the wide receiver has been the, scavenged over the, the troll with subtle the subtle trolling? You know, you've got your A.T. Perry is still available. <laughs> Some people might get like goo goo eyes for Darnell Washington. He's still available. I personally think like he doesn't do anything that the Chiefs particularly value at the tight end position. I don't see that happening. Um, and, right now. and then uh so Brian Brzee is there. He is an edge. For some reason, PFF lists him as a um defensive interior, but edge, you know, edge is looking pretty pretty succulent here. We got Brian Brzee, Will McDonald, Felix Anaduke Uzama. BJ Ojolari and Edubuari from North Northwestern. Um, so there, there's some good names here. Honestly, Tuli, this is Tuli Tui Puloto. Yes, th- this is hard because this might be a good spot. Like if you're the Chiefs and you're in this situation, if you could get a slight trade down, you might be able to double dip. Like because also on the tackle position, I also feel like as another right tackle option, uh, if you don't get Darnell right, Matthew Bergeron still on the board from Syracuse, you could probably double dip here and get like Ojolari and Bergeron, and you might not get two two scoops of the of the pie or whatever here. But we gotta have a dance partner, and we're only doing one round mock, so let's have the Chiefs make this pick. So who do we think Nick makes Bergeron's the most? Not going to let them trade out of the first round in Kansas City. I just I I feel so strongly that the Heat's he wants to see a first round pick. And he did too much to try to bring this draft to Kansas City. Okay. So what are we thinking, guys? Who and by the way, um, previous conversation, Cam Smith is on the board here as well. I'm I'm honestly between I think Darnell Wright fits the mentality of the offensive line closest of just of like especially if you put him on the right side next to Trey Smith, you get two Tennessee boys that just like to beat people up and just wreck their lives next to each other. I feel like that'd be a really solid pairing. Um, at edge, I mean, take your pick of any of those guys, and I think they're a good pick. Um, so really, I'm probably between either Darnell Wright or any of the edge rushers. That's where I'm at, too. I, I definitely can see Darnell Wright right here and wouldn't be mad at it. But then when I see those edge rushers sitting right there, too, yeah, I feel I, like I, I feel like Edge, in my opinion, is where I would go right here if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. It's tough. It, it really is because making like Patrick Mahomes is great at eluding pressure. The Chiefs are going to have a good offensive line next year, no matter what happens at right tackle. I understand that like they could have a potential turnstile there, but four out of five are going to be solid to very, very good. And I, I agree with your hypothesis about Edge. So I'm I'm leaning towards Edge as well. Um I, I think as like looking at the measurables and all those type of things, uh, I, I just I feel like FAU makes the most sense for the Chiefs here. I, I would say FAU, especially also because he's a local boy. I, I and... really hate turning my really hate turning my back on a great player like Darnell Wright, but I just think I, I know we like to keep Patrick Mahomes clean, but I feel like one of these positions is in much better shape than the other, and the offensive line is in much better shape than the pass rush. Well, let me so, throw it, let me throw a curveball. What about Keanu Benton? Too too high for Keanu Benton? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't want to take a defensive interior at pick thirty one with the draft in Kansas City. You know, kind of talking about like oh, uh, you know, uh, a gap plugger with you know potential pass rush upside. Uh, while I do think like he would have a great role in Kansas City, I just think we you know you start looking at. 
George Kaloftis, you've got Felix FAU, you've got um, Amenahu, and then like you bring back like a Frank Clark or Carl Stunlap. Like that's a pretty spicy group. There's reasons to be excited about that pass rush on the edge, and then you've still got Chris Jones on the interior. That 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 sounds and feels right. Yeah. All right, I think I think FAU then. King Felix, welcome to the kingdom. So we have our full first round here. Um, you know, so like Darnell Wright was kind of an interesting name that didn't get drafted. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other notable names. Cam Smith didn't get drafted here. Uh, but overall, a pretty, pretty interesting mock. All right. Let me run this down for the listeners once again, just so that they are, if they're following along or they, maybe they just jumped in here and they fast forwarded. Pick, pick number one to the Carolina Panthers, CJ Stroud. Pick number two to the Houston Texans, Bryce Young. We had a trade up from uh, number five to number three by the Seattle Seahawks um, with the Arizona Cardinals, and they went for Anthony Richardson, the uh, the prospect out of Florida. And then number four, the Indianapolis Colts took Will Levis. Um, at number five, the Cardinals, after their trade down, went with Will Anderson Jr. Number six, the the Lions took Jackson Smith and Jigba. Number seven, the Raiders took Tyree Wilson. Number eight was the Falcons of Quentin Jefferson. Number nine was Jalen Carter um, to the to the Bears. The Jets at number 10 took Paris Johnson Jr. Number 11 was Peter Skronsky to the Titans. Number 12, the um, Houston Texans directed, I mean, selected Devin Witherspoon. Pick 13, the um, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles went with Kalijah Cansey. Pick 14. The New England Patriots took their uh, Von Ness, the Lucas Von Ness, um, pick number 15. The Green Bay Packers got themselves a young tight end and Michael Mayer, pick 16. The uh, Washington Commanders took Christian Gonzalez, pick 17. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers got the legacy player and Joey Porter Jr., pick 18. The Lions got them a young target in Dalton Kincaid, pick 19. The uh, We went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, took the uh, took tackle Broderick Jones, pick 20. The CLC got Scott Pass Rusher Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Pick 21. The Chargers confounded the Cowboys by taking B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. Pick 22. The Ravens got a pass catcher in Zay Flowers. Pick 23 was Brian Branch, the safety at Alabama. Pick 24 was Deontay Banks to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, pick number 25, the New York Giants took the interior lineman of Cyrus Torrance. Pick 26. The Dallas Cowboys took Jordan Addison, pick 27. The Buffalo Bills took Miles Murphy, Miles Murphy, pick 28. Was Emmanuel Forbes to the Cincinnati Bengals, pick 29. Was the New Orleans Saints took Jalen Hyatt, pick 30. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles went with Jamir Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. And pick 31, your Kansas City Chiefs took Felix Inaduki Uzoma from Kansas State edge rusher. All right, boys, how we feel about how about the, how this played out? One th- one thing that I like to look at, it's like how many of each position do we get? We, you know, I, I didn't count up the edges, but we're seven or eight edges deep. Um, we're about two defensive interior players deep, depending on how you classify Brian Busy, maybe three, um, four quarterbacks. We've got five, five wide receivers, two tight ends. We've got four tackles, five tackles, um, and quite a few corners as well. Uh, some, you know, a lot of those things kind of work out the two running back things that really works out well for the chiefs. We only had one interior offensive lineman, no linebackers. I like looking at those things for the chiefs. If, you know, I pretty much consider if a team's taking a quarterback interior offensive lineman linebacker or running back, a win for the chiefs, because that's bumping down players that they value more and frankly are more important 
down to the Chiefs. So I, I view this as a win. I, one thing that I kind of liked about this mock is I think we did a good job of addressing team need while also kind of staying true to the traits of teams. Like, you know, we we kind of talked about, oh, you know, the Falcons like players from Georgia, but we went with Quentin Johnson because they like bigger wide receivers. Clyde Jacancy, they continue to, the Eagles continue to invest in the pass rush. Joey Porter Jr., you've got the lineage there with his dad. Um, and, you know, kind of like we built around Jared Goff for the for the Lions with Dalton Kincaid and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, 100%. I think it shaped out pretty well. Like, I, I, I'm really looking at, like, if it felt like this for the Kansas City Chiefs, I wouldn't be too mad. For, from the wide receiver standpoint, took a hit, right? Um, not being able to get a, um, a guy there that you might that you may want. But I, I think if we at the Chiefs are looking edge and it plays out like this, it would be perfect for them. 100%. And I still hold out hope that the Chiefs could then take A.T. Perry at number 63 and the dream is not over. All right, so that, that wraps up our uh, full first round mock draft thank you so much for listening along with us we're moving along really quick here to uh sleepers of the week uh price who you got for your sleeper of the week today i have evan hole running back from northwestern i love this guy because he fits such a clear need for the chiefs chiefs can definitely use an upgrade over Jarek mckinnon it frustrates me to hear how many people just say oh go back and sign Jarek mckinnon just run it back with the same running back group I understand that we really like what we've got from Isaiah Pacheco last year. And I know Jarek McKinnon did great things for us, especially down the stretch. But I, him staying healthy is not something that's happened a whole lot here lately. He's getting older. And I think the Chiefs, frankly, can be better at that position. And they're going to get better with Evan Hull. Uh, he's 203 pounds, 5'10", ran a 4.4740 with a 1.53 10-yard split. He's a 93% athlete, 88 catches over the last two years with 16 total touchdowns. He's got reliable hands, one of the better pass protectors in the class of running backs, strong vision as a runner, and runs with low pad level. He's going to be available on day three. I love this guy for the Chiefs. He's the type of player that can really come in, make an instant impact in this offense, and you're not going to have to invest a lot in the running back position. To me, I feel like he's 85% of Jameer Gibbs for like 50% of the cost, and that's something that Brett Veach consistently has liked to do. 100%. I love that as a as a pair. I think Evan Hole is a fantastic player, and I think he has a lot of upside, and he's a guy that you can get as a steal in the draft. Maurice, who you got for your sleeper of the week? So I don't know if he's a sleeper because he's so he he, he killed the, the, the combine in his 40, but Trey Palmer out of Nebraska is is my sleeper for the week. 4-3, four, four, right? You get a 4-3 guy. You lose – Chiefs lose Hill, right? We trade Hill – they trade Hill away a couple years ago. And now, you know, Miko's with Harbin is with the Jets. Um, so you just really don't, you know, of course, you know, MVS is a 4-3 guy, but it's a straight-ahead type of speed guy at, at wide receiver. Tony is more of a, you know, quick than he is to be fast. Um, so I, I really think Trey Palmer, he'll probably be there, definitely a day three guy, 4-3. Last year had like 71 catches, um, over 1,000 yards receiving, nine touches, touchdowns, but he averaged 14.7 yards per catch. Um, tracks deep balls very well, something that's needed, you know, when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes to be able to track the ball. Um, I think he'll go probably fifth or sixth round. I think if he's sitting there at, at, in the fifth round, you get you another legitimate threat with the speed that, that that the Kansas City offense, in my opinion, is lacking right now. I would love Trey Palmer on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Trey Palmer is a great middle round guy. And I think that he he would he would definitely provide that player who can stretch the field on the outside. He's not built the same way, not the same player as MVS, but he would 
replace kind of that MVS type of role of giving a downfield, a downfield threat. Um, for my for my sleeper of the week, I have uh, and here's the thing with my sleeper of the week this week, this week, guys. He he's he's not even a great fit for the Chiefs anymore because they signed Drew Tranquil and the, T- the Chiefs have an abundance of linebackers. But I just love him as a player so much that I have to talk about him. And it's Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. The guy had 262 tackles with 34 and a half of them for a loss over the last two seasons. He was, he's been a wrestler his entire life, which means he doesn't miss tackles. Once he gets his hands on you, he doesn't, he does not miss a tackle. He's, he's the, he's an offensive leader. He's got like, like his coach says he has a heart of a lion, right? Like he's like, like he's like one of those guys where he plays way bigger than his size. He's a small guy. Like he's only five foot 10 and like 231 pounds with 30 inch arms. Like he's not big enough to play linebacker in the NFL, but guess what? He's going to be a special team stud for whatever team drafts him. He might be, he might end up going seventh round or undrafted free agent um, at this point, unless a team believes in him and wants to take a shot on him. But he's one of these guys that in the locker room, he's everything you want in a player. And on the field, he's 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 going to maximize everything that he has, every single play, and he's not going to make a stupid decision. At the combine, he was asked what his he was asked what his biggest biggest weakness was in this game. And he said, My size. Like that, like he's like, My the only weakness in my game is my size. Everything else I do, I try to do perfectly. And so I would love to see him on the Chiefs. I don't think it's going to happen just because the Chiefs went out and got Drew Tranquil. There's not a real role for him on this team. But that being said, I think he's a great guy. I mean, Dave told, man, like, this dude would be a special team ace. Like, if he's sitting there, definitely undrafted free agent, you know, I I think, you know, the Chiefs wouldn't mind taking a run at him because, I mean, again, we only got Tranquil on a one-year deal. Um, a, a decision for Willie Gay has to be made. So I don't think linebacker is just totally out the picture, probably out of the picture early, but late. I don't know. You, you, you never know. And this would definitely be a guy like if he definitely, if he doesn't get drafted, I, I can see the chiefs trying to make something happen with a, a Dave Toe special for year one. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. So moving along, we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, it's time for our guest spotlight. Maurice, Bro, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've you've brought the heat, you brought the fire, and we are so lucky that to have that just to have your your flavor on the show today. So, guest spotlight time. Just give us a few minutes. What's on your chest? Get whatever you got on your chest about the Chiefs right now. Let us hear it. What's on my chest about the Kansas City Chiefs is everybody, and and this is why I was pushing when we was doing the mock not to take a tackle. Everybody just pushing like the Chiefs have to go offensive tackle in the first round. And I don't really feel like they do. Um, I, I I know, I know we, we, we got an unknown in Taylor if he can really switch to, to the side. But I think he'll do well getting switched. I think the Chiefs are pretty smart at being able to spot if that is something that they really feel like can happen. Um, they move, you know, Eric Fisher got moved from right to left. Um same thing with Orlando Brown. Yes, they had experience at it before they got moved, right? But they still, it still was some moves that happened by the Chiefs to do that. And and I'm not. I'm while he's had some health issues, Nang is not totally out the picture here. And I'm not going to be hold my head down if he is the starting right tackle at the beginning of the season. 
I think he can develop to give you the same thing that Andrew Wiley gave, gave the Chiefs. Um, so I'm not high up on tackle happen to be in the first round. Yes, I think the Chiefs will draft the tackle at some point in the draft. I, I hope it's more of a swing tackle guy that can play both sides or have played both right tackle and left tackle at some point in their college career. But I don't think it needs to jump off the board first or second round. I just don't. I think the Chiefs are actually all right if they went with the lineman that they have right now. It would be great. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, too. And so, yeah, that's what's on my chest. I don't think we need to go. I don't think the Chiefs need to jump and panic over the offensive line. I think we're good. All right, there you go. You heard it right there, people. Don't panic over the offensive line. Take a chill pill. Relax. Veach got us. Veach All right, so that's going to do it Do it, Do it. it for us today here at Veach Season. Thank you so much for uh, listening along and participating with our uh, with our full round one mock draft. Uh, Price, you got any parting words for the people today? Absolutely not. Let's go. Let's have a great week. All right. All right. So here we go. Just just a few little uh, points to, as we as before we sign off here. Check out what Maurice is doing over at the site. He's got great work coming out. You know, whereas we as we continue to work closer and closer to the draft, we have more and more draft profiles of players coming out. Uh, we're calling them draft darlings. And these are guys that that either we like or or, or prospects that the Chiefs have brought in for top 30 visits. Um, the editors show this week on Wednesday, John and Pete. Make sure you check that out. That'll be coming up this Friday AP draft room with our very own Ron Cop Jr. As always, if thank you for the privilege of your time of, of listening to this podcast and you think that we've earned it, then uh, please uh, go ahead and drop us a five-star review and give us your feedback, good or bad or neutral. We love we love reading it. Um, as always, I'm Rocky Magana at Rocky Magana on Twitter. It's Price Carter at Arrowhead Price and Maurice Elston at Reese Nichols. Thank you very much and have a great week, guys.